Cool Theatre Podcast, episode number five. Hello and welcome to episode five of the Beginner's Cool Theatre Podcast. Thank you for joining me again this week. I hope you enjoy it and I hope you've enjoyed the previous four. Please do follow us on Instagram, Beginner's Cool Pod, and Twitter at Beginner Cool to get involved, as I say each week, and I'll get you to say. The more you like, share, retweet, all of that for on our social media, the more views we get and the more listens we get to, and the better things we can do with the podcast, really. Moving on to this week, we are joined by Sam Gaffney and Joe Flat, where we talk a lot about youth theatre, as well as building theatre from scratch, from the very first concept idea all the way through to performance. Once again, I want to remind you that it is August and we are advertising the Thornhill Virtual Worldwide Fringe Festival as well. So that is still going on throughout the entire month of August. We're really excited to be social media sponsor for it and we there's some great stuff going on there. So do give it a watch and a listen on their social media too. But without further ado, this is episode five of the Beginner's Call Theatre Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to episode five of the podcast. How are you both doing? Doing good? Yeah, good, thanks. Hello, thanks for having us. Hi. No worries. Uh, Welcome. Uh, This is episode five of the Beginner's Call Theatre podcast and we're going to be talking this week about a little bit about youth theatre and getting involved in theatre at a young age all the way through to creating theatre from scratch and how you build a show from its very beginnings all the way through to a stage performance. That's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into all of that, each week we like to get to know our guests on the podcast so we give each of them 30 seconds just to talk about themselves and their experiences in theatre and what they're up to so we'll begin with Joe if you want to give us 30 seconds about yourself and what you've been getting up to in theatre. Uh, well as I said I'm Joe, uh, a newly drama uh, graduate at Kent um, so I've just graduated um, in drama and theatre um, so currently uh, taking the year to um, explore um, kind of what I want to do in the future so doing a bit of directing possibly for the Candle Fringe in the future next year. Uh, I'm uh, currently um, uh, a member of a few of a newly formed uh, theatre company called The Daily Apple and um, I've done things um, independently um, from writing musicals and stuff, um, producing them to directing with societies and performing with um, schools and um, societies and things in the past as well. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell, really. Great, cool, sounds great. And Sam, do you want to give us a little bit about yourself for 30 seconds? Yes, of course. Uh, so yeah, a little similar to Joe. I've also did drama at Kent, which is where all we, us, we all know each other from. Um, but outside of that, during my summers at uni and a little bit of time before, I was an assistant director at the National Youth Music Theatre for three years. Uh, and then I've also worked with a couple of regional Shakespeare companies, uh, either on my gap year or during my time at uni. Uh, and then since I graduated uh, about two years ago now um, I have done work with uh, Les Enfants Terribles who are an immersive theatre company Um, I've done stuff with them in London and regionally and then I've also done uh, a couple of musicals that have been more regional based uh, and some plays as well in London um, both kind of professional and then at the beginning of this year I was starting to direct some of my own stuff professionally sort of on the off west end fringy sides of london uh and then i also do work with children in musicals in the south of england as well so yeah that's kind of my my bag cool no all sounds great yeah this podcast represents three different years of kent graduations yes in indeed all, they're getting us out there we're all we're all, out we're all here yes exciting it's what we like to what we like to see and uh yeah there's loads of people who make great work coming out of ken as well so it's nice to see definitely it's just a little pocket of it here it is um cool we'll get into the first question for the podcast um so we're going to talk first about youth theater because as you both said you've both been involved in it uh you've both been and worked in it and sort of learned through youth theater in various ways what do you think the benefits are of youth theater and how important is it to get young people invested in theater at a young age i mean like endlessly 
important and brilliant. Uh, I'm sure Joe will agree with me mm. uh, a little later, but uh, I did youth theatre from like the age of like eight or something. I, I think a lot of people find their way into youth theatre um, and that go on to do it professionally. Um, and even people who don't, it's it's just it's so good for like early development, uh, just like building people's confidence and meeting new people. Like where I am, there was just one youth theater, but there was like lots of schools in the area. And it was kind of like the main way that I mixed with kids from other schools uh, and basically made one of my main friendship groups that I still have now. And I know a lot of people from the same youth theater did the same. And then even so, even through that, you kind of go on to make contacts in the theatre industry in later life. Like I know people in my youth theatre have started writing plays or have started producing. And so you kind of build a, a really early network that you're not even re, you know, aware that you're building at the time because everyone kind of goes off and does their own thing. But then eventually there's some people who are still doing uh, theatre later. Uh, and then... I think one of the best things about it from my point of view, having gone from wanting to be a performer to being a director is that I got to understand what performing was like. And then I could go into a different um, craft within theater and still have an appreciation for stuff that was happening. So, I mean, yeah, it, I could literally talk about it for hours, but we do not have hours. Uh, but yeah, I just think it's great. I'm sure, I, I'm sure you would agree, Joe, something, something along those lines. Oh yeah, completely, completely agree. Um, I mean, had a similar kind of thing um, as Sam in terms of just started relatively young, um, uh, getting involved in school productions and stuff, and then went to, uh, and joined um, a, uh, a youth theatre in Suffolk, um, which kind of then encouraged me to continue and then branch off into things like writing and producing. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been doing my stuff uh, like stuff independently. Um, so it really it allowed. Youth theatre allows people to be very creative, use their imaginations, and especially in a, um, now, uh, the generations of like people who are very technological based, uh, using uh, technology and playing games and all sorts, um, it's really good. Um, theatre brings the kind of um, childish kind of play out of people, um, uh, making people use their imaginations and, and um, uh, be, play different characters, be different stories and stuff like we would when we were children. Um, so yeah, um, and also uh, youth theatre and things is uh, like companies are really really good um, in terms of bringing out the people that do enjoy uh, drama and stuff. Because schools, especially from my experience, um, they didn't really promote drama. Um, uh, so to say that it was all about maths, English, science, etc. Um, and you can uh, you could be smart in that subject and know about it very very quickly. But if you're not exposed to drama, um, you you don't find that out until unless you are exposed to it if that makes sense hmm. so um youth theater really does push that um and schools being in touch with local theater, uh, theater companies and stuff is also really really helpful um because it means even if a school doesn't do very well um in terms of drama they can push them towards um that as well so, yeah so yeah absolutely. Love, I, I love youth theater as, absolutely as, as, as i think i think the what you're saying there joe in terms of the there is it like a more dedicated place for theater because mm. some because my school a bit sounds like the same as you like that we we kind of liked it they liked theater but they weren't really like super into it so it was a, a nice thing to go outside of school meet new people with some people who i went to school with as well and be in an environment that was really dedicated and working with people who it was their actual profession or, you know, and it, and it showed you that there was that pathway um, that you could go into it because as far as schools are concerned, they, I don't think that really, they're not really on their radar. Um, mm. So it kind of adds that extra layer. And I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of conversation about drama in education and where it's going to be in the next couple of years. And thankfully that youth theatres do seem to always have to plug that kind of hole or that Definitely. gap that's needed. Obviously it'd be great if drama can carry on in schools as well and kind of go part and parcel, but yeah, Definitely. It's, Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's great. And, it's great. Stuff. And also as a, as a, um, like as someone who then started making theatre for youth, it's actually young people could be the most rewarding, but also the harshest environment of people to work with because they're honest with you. Um, I had someone message, um, message me once uh, for a script I've written and turned around and said, oh, um, I really like the script. Um, however, um, this is what I would have done. And it was like much younger, but that, he just gave me lots of ideas of what I could have done. A lot of them were about making his character a lot more important. But <laughs> apart from that, they were still really valuable things and things to improve. Um, and that's just something also, although um, 
youth theatre is really helpful for young people. It's also really helpful for theatre makers um, and, and for schools as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you definitely get that instant reaction with young people. I've done youth theatre teaching and stuff as well. And if a group of young people are not enjoying a show and not enjoying a rehearsal process, you are more likely to see that on their faces than you are maybe of an older generation because who will maybe just work with it and get through it uh, and maybe talk about it elsewhere, maybe in the pub. But in the youth theatre, if, if they are not engaged from minute one, you already start to see the work ethic and just the enjoyment go. And it's a lot clearer, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, Sam, obviously you recently were directing for sort of youth theatre, uh, still doing yes. sort of direct youth theatre. How uh, sort of, does that represent challenges differently? Obviously you're probably working with a larger cast. But I mean, it presents, yeah, it presents, like, so I was just, before lockdown was supposed to happen, we were about to do High School Musical, and then it literally was, like, scuppered away. Um, and we had 120 kids in the show, and maybe, like, in different teams and different colours, and there was, like, red and blue and A and B, and, oh, God, it was a lot. It's, like, and that is where, like, XL comes in and just saves your life because you're just dealing with so many children. You have to remember all these names and get them all into the same bits, and obviously you want to get them into the front so their mums can see them, and, you know, like, the challenges are endless. But the rewards are also great as well um, because they bring such different energy and ideas and what's really fun about um being a professional and going to work with kids who are possibly going to go and be professionals themselves is that you can bring a professional nature to the room obviously something that's sort of like fun but professional at the heart of it and they i think they always usually really respond to that or at least i did when i was younger so try to bring that in um just because they work so hard and they pick things up. And like Joe said that, you know, they just sort of cut through everything. And if they don't respond to something, you're going to know about it and you've got to respond back quickly. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And like, even when working with uh, the National Youth Music Theatre in the musicals there, like kids are working like from nine till nine and, and staying at the school that we're working at for like nine days straight. It's, it's like a hard slog, but the dedication and the passion getting to play parts they might not play again in later life because you know it's not their usual casting or something along that it's, it's just yeah everything about it presents lots of opportunities and it's really it's really great um obviously can be a bit of a hard work for creatives i'm sure same for you joe you sound like you had been getting a bit of a hard time about your scripts but all worth it in the end Oh, at the end of the day, um, just like, just like, because um, obviously I'm, I'm new to the kind of professional world, um, but we're always, always going to have things that we need to improve on and everyone's going to have different opinions. So young people telling me, oh, I think you should change this and stuff like that. It, it's really important to hear that and really important to work on because one thing I love doing is getting, especially when it's something new, like an original piece of work, it's... Uh, when I've yeah when I've just written it is getting other people's opinions and working with the cast because at the end of the day if I've written a, an original character that that's um, just my opinion of it but I'm not going to be playing that character it's going to be other people playing that character and if, it's a, if it's a young person I want them to be as creative as possible and working with that and that's how I think definitely should work with that and also the parents who get involved and then you've got the parents you, you get uh, the, such community feel as well that you get uh, so many people get involved um, and improving things and helping you learn just as much as the young people are learning um, from it as well. Yeah, definitely. I think we said in a previous podcast that how important community theatre is going to be yes. in this sort of post-lockdown theatre rebuild era. And I think youth theatre is really where that starts. That's the driving force. Most community theatre has a youth theatre section to it. I think that's sort of the fundamentals of how you... It, also, mm. it's a, people forget it's a big filler for audiences for a lot of youth theatre shows that I've seen and worked on, you get a lot of people come and watch them because you get everyone's mums, dads, nannies, granddads, whatever, coming to watch the show. So they are, yeah. from a commercial point of view, also quite good for now because they do attract large audiences and you're guaranteed bums on seats, really, doing youth mm -hmm. theatre. Yeah, and I can remember like being in, being in a show when I was like, 12 or 13 when we did like Les Mis or you know Cats or whatever we were trying to do like when it was a good show and you wanted to be make it a good show uh, it was it, you felt proud of being in it 
like you felt mm. invested and and the people you knew were coming to watch it and that community was there and you wanted the thing you were making to be really good so there is a sense of purpose and drive in all the shows that are being made and yeah it's it's great um and also the youth theater people in the youth theater if they don't necessarily go on to be uh, to work professionally in it do often go on and sometimes get involved in the community groups when they're a bit older i know plenty of people around my area have done that so it kind of you know starts off a trend of getting involved in later life and yeah it's, oh, it's great i think also the skills you learn just outside of that for your general working life but I know I've done, I did youth theatre from the age of five and I was definitely a lot shyer as a person mm. and I gained so much confidence and belief in what I was doing through just doing weekly youth classes, youth theatre. It does, I think, as well as just skills that it gives you for being on stage, I think the whole life skills, job skills that you can build from doing a youth theatre class is amazing. I think it offers so much for everyone that I, I think is so all-encompassing. Yeah, cool. completely agree. So sort of moving on from uh, youth theatre and talking to, uh, about that, we're going to sort of move towards sort of creating theatre. Either f- a lot, you have done that for youth theatre as well, as uh, so you can talk about that, um, but sort of creating theatre from scratch and getting it from that sort of original concept level all the way up to a fully staged performance. So I'll go to like Joe first, talk about sort of your experience of sort of that, creating that. Obviously you've written shows uh, and had them put on and performed and uh, you're looking to do that now with Daily Apple. It's your new theatre company. Um, so yeah, talk about that and sort of the challenges you face and then the positives of creating sort of new work as well. Um, creating something from scratch is, as guest, very difficult. Um, a, a lot of challenges come and face um, and face you. Um, as said in the past, when doing plays and things, when I've written a musical, um, often um, giving it giving it to a team, then the team work on it um, and look at what they like about it, and then they uh, find out their own style, and then give it to the cast, and the cast kind of work it around it as well. Um, but before all that, um, obviously have your play first, but creating theatre from scratch. I've seen so many um, companies and uh, people doing it recently, um, as in. Um, starting something without without a, a venue and I think a venue is one of the most important things you need to begin with um, when starting something from scratch because it, it tells you how your audience number it tells you how many casts you can have you it tells you um, it helps you um, progress what the piece is going to be in that space it helps you uh, um, and that can be quite difficult um, so getting in touch with local theatres and things, especially community theatres. Thankfully, I had one that was quite local to myself who loved community and youth theatre. So it just meant that you just ask them and, they, and, um, and, uh, and have a chat with them. And they were more than willing to put on a show there. Um, uh, and thankfully, even for a, a, a split deal, which is, really, which is incredible. If you can get a split deal instead of having to pay up front, I personally think I personally really like that. Um, I think it's very good for um, theatre companies. Um, like youth and amateur as well. So when you're writing uh, shows for youth theatre, Joe, where do you get those kind of ideas from and how do you usually work that with kids? So when I was, so um, my first musical I wrote when I was 16, 17, um, and it was called Wish and it was based around, so it was taking characters from part, from fairy tales and then putting them into um, a, an original show and completely twisting them on their heads. Um, and changing the kind of character that they were um, and things like that. Um, so the whole premise of it was they found uh, this lamp, um, Ginny pops out and then grants more wishes. And it's all about them as characters and them as um, uh, more than just a fairy tale and working out how, who and what, how they were in, um, in their lives um, and what they'd be like in a real world. So working on that was a lot of fun. I'm at, um, my sick form... I got to do it in my sixth form first because we needed something for our um, for our uh, assessment. And my teacher was like, oh, let, let's do a musical. So we've done that. And then we put it on independently later on. Um, and that's where I think my thing about the venues is really, really important because such a struggle to find one. But it's really, really, impo- uh, really, really important when you do get one. Um, so that's where I got my get my writing um, exp- um, inspirations from is other things um, and then twist them on the heads. And now I'm looking to do more original stuff. Um, so writing things at the moment um, uh, with Daily Apple we're currently doing an audio play um, we haven't really announced it but I'll, I'll do it now we're currently doing um, we're currently um, doing an audio play for Jekyll and Hyde um, but looking at it at a different angle from a different character's point of view um, than Jekyll and Hyde um, so that's what we're working on at the moment and really um, especially 
um, in the current climate really it's really fun doing audio plays really difficult uh, and really annoying because you can't you can't bounce off of the people um, in the same way as Jekyll and Hyde something that an audience can grasp hold of is really important and it sells really well especially if it's your first um, your first um, performance as well is Daily Apple a company so, that you formed with people from uni? Yes, yeah, so Daily Apple, um, for, uh, there's seven of us, um, all, um, all of us are one graduated this year. Um, we're all interested in different aspects of theatre. So um, you've got some that um, uh, love, love, love writing, you've got others that um, are more into the producing, um, you've got some performers in there, um, and it's a really nice feel um, in terms of the um, ensemble work, which we'll talk about later. Um, but it's really nice to get everyone's different um, points of view, um, especially when creating stuff. Because we're currently doing um, some videos online um, taken from a, um, a popular TV show, uh, Taskmaster. And we're just doing that in order to engage with an audience. Um, and it's, it's really fun. Um, and it's a new aspect of theatre, which I feel um, definitely will um, blossom for the future doing things online. Um, and it's also, it's also free. Um, which is also um, uh, unless you're paying for Zoom, um, so um, that's that's really that's really um, doing things online and creating theatre from scratch as that as well. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I think that's the whole discussion we've had before. Is that yeah, theatre is going to move to a online for now, and there's I've seen today articles about more live screening being put into theatre. Um, so yeah, I think definitely that now is the time for people to play around with different ways of putting stuff out there and what you guys are doing with all the sort of free content that you're putting out just to market your brand really is looking really cool i think it's looking great mm -hmm. um cool yeah moving to sam sort of going back to the creating theater from scratch and stuff uh yeah you've obviously put on shows sort of fringe off west end venues they might not necessarily be brand new material but uh how have you found that sort of getting the first sort of steps you've sort of moved recently to producing and putting on your own work yeah, I mean, it, I, I would be very quick to admit that it is a bit of a crash course and you are kind of learning on your feet. Like it was not like parts of it are not smooth. Uh, it's not just this sort of clean ABC thing, you know, get a show, put, get a venue, put it on, reviews, great time, and money or any of that kind of stuff. Like it's kind of nuts and bolts and kind of learning stuff about it. And because my main trade is directing like uh and in when you're working in smaller companies on slightly tighter budgets like you find yourself doing more things so i found myself getting heavily involved in you know the producing side of it and building the sets and it's funny because i remember building lots of sets in my kitchens in my houses in uni uh and you know i used to eat my dinner amongst my sets that i was making and you know it's like a, a bloody jumble sale in there um and I thought, oh, well, you know, when I get out and when I work professionally, it'll be, it'll, it'll be so different. Um, and lo and behold, I'm making the sets and then just driving them around London rather than driving them around Canterbury. Um, so, yeah, that's the only little change in that aspect. But, you know, it's great. And I think what it is about, or at least as much as I've tried to hold on to it when I've been doing it, is kind of getting an idea um, or like a reason for putting something on and something that you think will, people will engage with. Um, so for example, I was doing a play at Tristan Bates early at the beginning of the year, and that was a bringing a piece of writing over from America that had never been done in London before. Uh, and that was kind of like a passion project for the producer who was also one of the performers. So it was kind of his company. Uh, and then a piece that we were supposed to be doing that followed that was um, called Sus, which is by Barry Keefe, uh, which is basically a political uh, piece about um, police harassment. Um, and, but it's also set on the eve of a Tory government winning a landslide election. So the idea was that was coming in and uh, on the eve of our recent election. So, you know, you can kind of pinpoint things and hope that people catch it and it makes sense and it feels relevant because some often the best pieces, especially when they're political, um, feel relevant, even though they might not have been set here. So I think as long as your idea is robust and flexible and makes sense, uh and also just ignites passion and interest in you and the company you're working with it's always going to make the job easier for you especially you know talk about casting being half the battle from a director's point of view but also getting your creative team 
in there and relying on people you're working with like like joe says you know you you seven guys who've started that company you're all interested in different things but you know each other and you know what complements and works well and that's basically the the environment you want to be in to make good art so yeah that's the ensemble of it really and then just understanding uh each other's strengths and weaknesses because uh, you know I can't choreograph a number I can't teach someone to sing to save my life um, so I so I meet people and I and I engage with creatives who can do those things um, who can you know teach me and and help the piece grow because ultimately it's not necessarily always about one person it's about a collective um, and and recognizing that and the sooner you do the usually the better the project ends up being hopefully um as i say it's all it's all uh thoughts and experiences that could be different for other people but that's how i've kind of gone about it uh at least in the first sort of three and a half months of this year yeah definitely i think one big thing to pick out from what you said there is that sort of step up i think people believe that as soon as you leave your training or education environment and you go into professional work fringe work that there will be this huge step up in terms of everything suddenly has to be slick and everything will be streamlined and everything will just go like clockwork because it's professional theater i think you very quickly learn that just there isn't as big a jump as what necessarily people need to believe there is and i don't think people need to be scared about making that jump across I think it can be quite daunting when you leave training or university, however you've sort of done your educational development in theatre. There doesn't need to be that worry that you're stepping out of that and going into this crazy world where everyone's instantly going to know what they're doing. I think, as you said as well, it is like a big le- continual learning process. Yeah, I think everyone needs to Yeah, completely. Like you can never, you're never stopping learning. And kind of what's nice about that gap not being so far for the most part, or at least from my experience, is that um, it feels slightly more familiar. Like if you were to jump into like a massive West End show, and you know, don't get me wrong, people do do that. But like the having some understanding of how you used to make theatre, and that's kind of why making stuff at uni is so useful, um, is that you just learn that you've got to muck in and do different things. And you know, if you, if there isn't, you know, if you can't find a play or you can't afford performance rights, then write one. Uh, you know, solve your problems, make your problems your advantages. People, you know, people love new work and, or they like reimaginings of old works that are, you know, the amount of people who have gone to the fringe with an adaptation of like an old novel that was written by, um, you know, Chekhov or someone else of, uh, of similar ilk. Um, and, and it's got rave reviews. There's, there's loads of people who do that. So adapting, you know, working, just making sure whatever you're making is something you're enjoying and, and yeah problem solving i mean if if you're not problem solving in sort of fringe theater then what's going on because that's you know stuff comes up all the time i mean that sounds something like what you're doing joe with the seven of you kind of working together as a group and complementing each other well definitely i mean um we haven't actually been so we formed uh, we were meant to form um while still at uni um just before the easter holidays and have an actual meet up and talk about stuff but um that was just as um, lockdown was coming into play so we ended up we haven't actually been in the room together yet we've met on we've talked on zoom and had meetings on zoom and things but we haven't actually been in the room to find out um our kind of style as such because we can say oh our style is comedy we're going to be um slack, slapstick with a little bit of um darker humor and um quite animated but we can't actually we don't know until we've gone into the room and work together as such um so doing the things online is um uh like the taskmaster kind of vibe is um something that um helps us kind of um find out how each other work see how each other do um for example so we are working with comedy and things um uh and so finding what each comedic style is through um acting up to a camera um because that's when you're going to be yourself but you're going to be um a highlighted version of yourself because you are going to be on camera trying to impress and entertain um an online audience yeah it's Um, exciting though because like i guess when you guys do get in the room together like you'll you know obviously everything won't be exactly as you imagined it to be and this happens a lot i've done this too like you go into a room with people you think you know how they work and you've got some idea but you kind of really find it out and that sort of adjustment period and sort of challenging and pushing boundaries usually sometimes the best work comes from that sort of thing really i guess 
Oh, completely. Um, yes, it, completely. Because when because um, we've all worked together um, in some kind of capacity before, but not all together as as a group. So when we get into that room, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of um, trial and error, a lot of experimenting, which um, definitely is important for a, a new theatre company um, working together and trying to um, see where we go, pushing the boundaries, as you said, um, saying things that we'll never ever say again um and uh, doing um theater that um even if it's just for us um we can work for um for an audience yeah exactly yeah. i mean the thing is you know when we all do eventually get back in the room or like i've been talking to actors or people who work on tv and film sets like they're all like god we're going to be so rusty like the first two days is going to be so difficult like people will be just be like looking at walls being like how did i how did i do this before like i forget like you know it's been well, a long time be that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah yeah i think you know we could all forgive each other a little bit of a break uh, for the first oh, yeah. couple of days i'm sure but I think I think going into um, having a breakaway from everything and then going back into it is just going to be so much fun because it will be like you're having to practice everything again. And although in some ways that's really, really annoying, it's actually going to be um, you're going to improve. You're going to find new areas and things you've enjoyed um, doing things online. As as keep saying, you're going to find a new aspect of things that you quite enjoy. So um, working with different kind of um, styles um, or just reading plays and things that we're doing currently um you'll learn more and find out more about yourself which you can then put into your craft um in the future and trying new things as well um like you've said uh, said earlier sam about producing and things like that things that you maybe weren't expecting to be doing um i know quite a few people have started writing even if it's poetry or just um small stories uh, short stories um people are doing that because they've got so much time on their hands um so that's something um although it's not directly theater it's still it's still something that people can put into their work in the future yeah, yeah i think I it's know. really interesting to speak to you now when sort of early on in this process i think it'd be great to have you back on sort of further down the line and see sort of how you develop as a company because i think it's quite in an interesting case study and example with you guys of sort of how you're getting to know each other and how really seeing you build the theater company from scratch i think would be really interesting for people to hear and listen to um because yeah i obviously know the members of your group and that you've got a diverse sort of range of talents and what you like and i think definitely seeing that all being put into a big cooking pot together and sort of seeing what comes out the other side would be quite cool to follow and sort of keep up to date with the really the really fun and interesting um aspect with us is that um we're not all um so in the future, we're not all going to be um, as involved and we're not going to be all as performing as, as, um, as we are currently. Um, so uh, quite a few of our members are going off to do masters in different areas of the country. Most are like London or South area, um, but that's still a bit of a journey to, um, for us all to meet. And because Canterbury is our base for this year, um, because half the company are living in Canterbury, um, this is where we're going to be stationed. So it's going to be bringing in new people, um, one member writing us a script, but then not having much to do with it as such. Um, and then they get to sit down, they hear everything about it, but then they get to sit down and watch it at the end. Um, that's going to be really, really exciting as well. Um, because there's always going to be rotating, bringing new people in, different people getting involved. Um, it's definitely, I mean, creating a theatre company over, um, over a pandemic is is insane um but um it also has its pluses um in terms of being able to try new things um and um work with each other until the end of summer and then kind of see where we're at because when it gets to september we definitely are going to then have to um not rebrand but start to work on new things um when we find out how our dynamic is actually going to work yeah and i think so, it'd be interesting to see how you work as I like the idea of sort of bringing new people in and it's seeing sort of that constantly revolving mm. thing. I think one thing that happens in a lot of companies, they go stale because the same people do the same thing each year and they churn out the same sort of production. Whereas with you guys, you're going to have sort of lots of different inputs, lots of different ideas. And if you can really mold that together, I think it'll be really cool in terms of creating fresh content and varied content and stuff that people want to see. Oh, completely. Yeah, I like. Um, I mean, one member of our one member of our um, of our uh, team, uh, Johnny Brace. Um, he's constantly writing stuff. Um, he's constantly um, putting monologues up online, uh, uh, sending off scripts to other people, um, and it's 
it's really good to have people like that on the team who are constantly churning stuff out. Um, so we've always got something to work on. Um, it, it's great. And also having, um, we have someone who's just a producer who doesn't perform and that's really lovely as well because then you get um, a completely different point of view. All of us going, oh, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. And, just, uh, and she'll turn around and be like, well, no, we can't. We need to do this because this is logically how it works. Um, so it, it's, lo as, as, as you said about having, um, just throwing everything into a mixing pot, it's really lovely to see that. Uh, and some people, some people would say that sounds like a mess, but actually it's the most fun way um, to create theatre because theatre is meant to be a challenge and you're meant to be challenged for doing things like that. So um, if it works, it works and it'll be wonderful. Worth giving it a try and seeing what comes out of it because you never know what that kind of like democratic group of creativeness will, will produce. Yeah. Yes. That's right. It's, it's all links through to the next thing I want to talk about, really, which is working and what the fundamentals for working in that sort of environment. Both of you had experience of working with sort of multiple inputs into projects and sort of that sort of more ensemble building. Um, so I'll go to Sam. What do you think are really the, the fundamental things you need to remember when you start creating work as a group with all inputting? I think definitely what Joe just mentioned, having someone that is the person that goes, hang on, guys is this achievable is this actually doable i don't this is your realistic targets i think is a big one but what else would you add as sort of fundamentals for working in that sort of environment from my experience personally i cannot stress enough how important it is to for everyone to know what their roles are before they go into things because some of the most difficult experiences i've had working in in theater um have been when it's all been a bit blurry and people have got, you know, working like three different hats. So like if someone's like producing, but they're also acting, but then they're also the lighting designer. I mean, I've never worked in that, that configuration. That's ridiculous, <laughs> but you get what I mean. Like, and there's starts to become like a conflict of interest and they, and, and they spend too much time um, working in the numbers and the logistics and not focusing on the performance or, and you know, Again, sorry, I have to say that, you know, there are plenty of people who are fantastic at doing lots of things at the same time, but I think it's really understanding where the strengths lie when working in those companies and just knowing that you shouldn't be doing everything or at least understanding that you can take help from other people and like complementing each other. I know I mentioned that a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, for me, the, when processes have kind of like run away with themselves, because I'm all for collaboration, like uh, in any work that I'm doing, I, I love to have ideas and voices. But as long as they're coming from set places, like, you know, the actors contributing an, an idea and producers contributing ideas or you know, uh, whatever, whatever. Um, it's all useful, uh, just as long as it doesn't all get lost in trying to find something to to do and not really understanding what the best thing is and you know obviously there's that pro time and process for for trying things out and being okay to fail and go back on stuff but as long as there's like some kind of rules and guidelines to the way you you guys want to work or people want to work i usually think that sets people up for better success yeah, and and in a and in a thing and in an environment now where um, creatives are, are adapting and becoming more than just one thing, you know, uh, I've been part of lots of directors Zoom chats throughout this lockdown period, and in in there we had lots of discussions about the fact that, you know, directors aren't just directors. Sometimes they're also writers, and then they also like to perform their own work sometimes, and uh, or they actually like to be a lighting designer as well. So yeah, they've got lots of brains, but I think the skill is knowing exactly which one to apply to a situation at the right moment um, and, and, and allowing that to, to work well. Uh, I think that's just something to keep in mind. Obviously, like, you know, Joe's been talking about his company, company and it sounds like you guys are kind of working it out and you know what your best things are and stuff you'd also like to have a go at and give it a go. But as long as it's always been discussed and aware, it always seems to be the way to go about it. Mm. That's it's, usually it's, my thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just all about learning what you're good at and what, what's best to let other people do. And also what you're suited to in terms of what the projects you're doing. Um, someone could be the most perfect, like the, the greatest director, but they might just not suit. They just might not suit a particular, a particular um, play or a particular genre or a particular cast. So mm. it's all about knowing and being very self-aware 
um, about yourself and then everyone else in the room and everyone else's talents as well. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing definitely coming out of this is what both echoed is that communication and having constant open lines of communication. Um, I think that again is one of those sort of general rules that I think makes life easier is if everyone communicates better then life is just easier to navigate but yeah I think definitely when you're working as part of an ensemble you need to be open you need to let people know if you're struggling or not quite keeping up with work and the demands and then but because people are going to want to help you because ultimately you want to achieve the same goal I think that's one thing to remember is that everyone wants it to be the best show it can be and no one in your group is trying to make you look bad or make the show worse. They want you all to have a great show and have something really well respected and well revered at the end of it, which I think is really cool. Yeah. I think to be honest, like even when I mean, you guys might also have experienced this, but I think like sometimes when I've been involved in processes that have been really difficult, um, it actually kind of shows you what kind of creative you are, or at least helps you to develop as a creative because sometimes, you know, you have to really push yourself or you, or you know that that thing's not going so well. So you need to work hard to, to fix it or to, to address the problem. And, and uh you know so there are benefits to that it's just about avoiding trying to make sure you avoid that kind of thing um and you know there's that that thing is that when you're a young creative trying to get into things there is that tendency and i know that i've definitely been um done this in the past of seeing a project kind of being like mm, it's not really my thing or it's not really for me but I'm so eager to do work and create and do things that you just kind of chuck yourself in there anyway and that is a very um dangerous place to find yourself in uh, with you know you have to try to match equally your eagerness to work with an understanding of of is it actually going to be good for you and progressive for what you're trying to to make and hopefully you can find those environments um but yeah it's all just keeping your brain together and knowing the best way to approach stuff usually does help. But yeah, it's a learning process and and it's okay to kind of make mistakes and fail in that. Um, Cause then you know, you learn more about yourself as I was trying to say. Yeah, definitely. I think people putting on shows are always looking for young or new creatives that are really eager. And I think, yeah, new people in the industry can just be eager about absolutely everything. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right project for you. It's just that, again it's that revolving sort of theme of the whole sort of podcast that we've done so far is that you just take any job and you do any work when you're new because you want to build up as many credits and get out there as much as possible and I think that is one thing is that we don't necessarily have to do that like you can be you can pick and choose projects there will be the right project for you and it's more about getting the right project for you rather than getting any project that will go on to a cv or a website that you put up i I would argue that you um yes but also no (laughs) um some at some point i think you 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 should say maybe say to yourself right now i i should start being a little bit more tactful about what i'm doing it just depends where you are and what kind of you know because a new creative isn't necessarily a young creative so you might bring a different energy into that but um usually some young creatives can come in and bring a hell of a lot of eagerness but not a lot of understanding about what, uh, what what's going on and i definitely have done that myself so um yeah i think it's just the right moment um because you want obviously you want to make work and and i think what joe's doing with his company straight straight out of uni sounds great because you know you guys want to make work so you've got together and you're going to make it together as a group and you're all young young Uh, creatives and that's exciting and it gives you that environment to you know try things fail learn stuff be those eager people in a safe safe environment and then get your art out there and then develop from there so i think you know going about making your own company and making your own work is something that our uni always promoted heavily and i think it's definitely something that you guys will probably enjoy doing and hopefully find stuff out while you're having a go at it Yes, definitely. In terms of going back to what you say about being tactful and learning what not to do, um, you learn what not to do by doing it first, and then re- and then learning. I would argue you do that from learning. And um, as I've got, I've just was writing a couple of things down. I've got here written: uh, failure can be a success, although it, the the project may have failed, and or in terms of 
in an aspect of you didn't get enough people watch it or it just wasn't very good you've learned and it's a success for you because in terms of your craft because you can learn um and it's very rare that someone fails and then and then doesn't be able, isn't doesn't come back from it so you should be a even if you fail that's an, a learning curve and something for you to progress from um and then learn you realize oh wait no i shouldn't be doing that project so i'm not going to do that and then you learn um what to do for um personally for uh, my as uh, mentioned at the very start my next year is all about finding out what to do and what not to do um uh in terms of whether um i know i know i want to go into theater but whether that's going to be um push push with a theater company or go into directing um independently or go go into performing so that my next year is about finding um that sort of thing which i think i think is a good way to go um as long as you're being careful and you're being wise about what you should and shouldn't do as as you mentioned sam yeah i mean a creative one said to me when i was like 19 and i was assisting him or something and he was like you need to choose the right moment to stick your head above the parapet and be like this is me as a creative or this is my work that i want to make because you know you want to make sure it's the best thing that's representing you uh, and that is somewhere where this kind of eagerness to do stuff can you could fall foul of that and do something that isn't necessarily the right project um and doesn't necessarily represent you as as best it could and so yeah, definitely i definitely think in... mm. sorry no you crack on mate oh well, sorry i was just gonna agree and just say um falling into a niche that you don't actually want to be a part of yeah sure yeah sorry yeah stuff like that we all agree <laughs> we all agree isn't that great <laughs> um cool yeah moving through to sort of building the career up and as we all want to do we want to progress through in our careers obviously this industry as we've said in previous podcasts and sort of i think it's sort of generally known across the industry is it's all so reliant on sort of networking and knowing people and building contacts obviously sam you've been out of uni for a couple of years now and you've done well with sort of building up a network of people um how do you think uh how is it good to go about building a network and building contacts and what do you find helps building those sort of circles um yeah so again uh like to like to say this is sort of my little my my, the way that i've gone about it because uh, as we all know and if you work in theater or you're looking and getting into theater is such an individual path like you can go and have an interviews with hundreds of creatives and there's so many different ways that people have gone about it you know whether they've been in it from a very young age or they got into it when they were like 30 or 40 and have just built up from there like it's such an individual thing but there are general things you can kind of put yourself into which will probably give you that space and a bit like what we were talking with youth theatre um, earlier like making contacts then that you don't even know you're making until later on in life um, you know I'm part of a friendship group of just my closest friends and some, a lot of them have been through you know drama schools in London or have trained gone off and trained to be opera singers or work in tv and film and you just don't you never know where people are going to end up and that is just so useful for you uh in terms of just meeting people and uh that you can sort of complement the work that you want to make um i think mainly something that i've tried to do or at least some people have, have advised me to do in the past is is really trying to understand your own craft and what you're good at. So like what I was saying earlier that I can't choreograph or, or teach someone to sing. Um, so, and if you don't know people uh, or many people that you, uh, that could do that in a company that you might make, go and see their work or go and see work and make a note of the people who are making the work and, and, and did you like it and, and put it in a thing. So like during this lockdown period, I made um, sort of like a theater Bible thing uh which has uh mds choreographers lighting designers set designers uh costume like as many people that i'd seen from shows that i had been to see i'm trying to remember what i liked about what they did and, and putting them down and trying to find their websites or things like that and so I, next time that i'm doing a show and i and if i need a set designer or i need a costume designer and I can go to those lists uh, and tr- and trust me, like some of the lists are, are far too short for my liking. So like I want to try and make that thing, but, uh, and, and make those contacts with people. Um, and obviously right now everyone's got quite a bit of time on their hands and had more time previously, but 
generally in the in the in the normal world um p- people will be willing to give you half an hour an hour to have a coffee with you you know if you if you just email somebody or you get their contact details off somebody else and just say i'd really love to pick your brains about um your path or how you got into things like people should usually hopefully respond to that and and understand that they used to be somewhere similar and want to help you um never be afraid to ask for that for that um coffee or meeting because i've done it in the past with a couple of people and it's been really lovely and, and and it's not even been about trying to get work it's just been about i'm a you i know your face you know my face and you'd be very surprised how quickly the web of people starts to conjoin and you realize oh oh you you do the show with that person and and you frequently work with that other person that i know from this and it all starts to tie together weirdly quite quickly um so the more dots you can get in touch with the quicker they can all uh, all connect really and then the bite-sized one is twitter absolutely get on twitter like uh, i cannot speak highly enough of uh twitter in terms of like being a creative and being on there and just having your all sort of my, my twitter is purely professional um or i like to try and keep it professional apart from like the odd silly tweet about me being stupid um but but fundamentally being on there to engage with a creative network i know that there's a lot of like twitter can be a bit of a strange echo chamber in certain things so if you can avoid the noise of that um you, you it's just so useful to, to to know creatives better and know what they're doing and see what they're engaging with and and also at people advertise so many jobs on twitter as well and i've actually picked up two jobs f- during lockdown from twitter and oh, that was people approaching me and i and i and i self confess i didn't do anything <laughs> i literally didn't do anything uh, and just being on there and being engaged with people um keeps your face out there for lots of people who don't know you and it's a really easy way for someone to go to hear your name go on twitter you know search you and instantly there's some information about who you are if you don't have a website which isn't the next stage if you've got enough content uh, a website's a good uh, good thing to go to after twitter um yeah there you go there's there's a whole spiel of things um, oh, that's great no i definitely twitter i think is a big one to put at the end there um we've had guests on the podcast so far that we i have never met in real life uh yet because of lockdown but we have started conversations through twitter and i've started to get to know them through twitter and they've been really interested in the podcast i wanted to come on um we had zora in week two who was purely through twitter and there's a couple other people potentially coming on later in the series that are purely through twitter um so yeah i definitely an odd one definitely ignoring the noise on twitter but if you can keep it professional and keep who you follow and what you see on your timeline as professional as possible i think it's a really great resource actually for our industry um especially now as everything's you know so technological and online it's uh, it's all happening up there and it's connected as hell so it's great to be a part of yeah joe what would you do for sort of building contacts and networking obviously you've built teams for shows and stuff do you have any regular people you go to or do you like trying to work with different people than new people uh so back home um when i uh uh been doing musicals and stuff people back home um i've normally taken um i've actually um the past few teams i've had have been people who haven't necessarily done um uh directing or something before uh like they may have done things that um they may have done things at school or may have done things um uh with other youth theaters um but for example one uh one director um a good friend of mine um she had never she had she's a really good uh, really good performer um she had never um directed as such before um and we talked about the play um and um she went uh she went on to direct it um and she'd done a really really good job and i think in terms of andram and and youth theater um i personally love getting new people on to do it um obviously when you go into the professional world it's in a, a completely different um completely different kettle of fish um but whilst i'm learning things and doing and doing different things and um learning how to um progress in writing or producing or whatever um i personally think i should also be letting other people have that opportunity as well um so if someone is gonna um is so interested to work on something that i've done um i should at least give them the time even if i uh, even if i don't end up letting them do it or they choose not to do it um 
definitely sitting down, um, as someone's saying, having a cup of tea or coffee or whatever with someone um, and chatting about it um, is, is really, really important. Um, I, I remember um, for the part of the last one I've done, um, a mum um, uh, of a child for the show asked, oh, can I throw my hat in and actually get involved? Uh, and she ended up doing some costumes. She helped a little bit with producing um, and she done and she done some of that. And I think um, going back to community theatre kind of um, vibe, um, having other people do things that they haven't done before um, and learning along the way along with you um, is really, really important. Um, definitely having people who have done things like that before on the team as well is really helpful so they can actually guide um, and help progress it. Um, so you've got a bit of experience on the team is really important. But um, yeah, personally for me, definitely bringing on new people who um, necessarily haven't done it before, um, I love doing. Um, just because you get really different styles and um, you get to learn with other people. Mm. It's nice great. to be surprised, isn't it? When you, uh, mm. I think it's predominantly when we used to do shows at uni, we always used to bring new people in who are either new to the society or new to being in the uni itself. And it was always amazing to see what people could do because you were kind of like, oh, I think you, you're quite good at lighting, aren't you? And then they're like, oh, well, but also I'm good at these things. And suddenly they're, Part, part running the show for you so and that's how you find and that's how you find really good pr um, production managers and producers as well um definitely with um societies um bringing in people who necessarily didn't think they were going to be doing production managing ever in their life suddenly brought in and now they want to go off and do it and do it um as a masters which mm. is amazing yeah Definitely. i think something that people will um could definitely find more useful as it's kind of being online at the moment but um always is really great to to go and do is to catch drama school shows okay. um if you can because um i mean the ones that they do you know just to use art set as an example the ones they do there so they're bloody more popular than some of the fringe shows that go on in london like the attention they get is crazy and rightly so because the creatives who work on them and the money and the people who are on those shows whatever school it's at is are amazing and that's the kind of generation of young talent that's coming through um when i've worked for mymt uh, that's usually full of people who are either going to drama school or in drama school and they're the next generation of performers that are, or you know backstage people who are going to be coming into the industry so to get people who are on this sort of a similar level to you that's a really great place to just go and see people's work live happening and be in a really lovely creative environment just to throw that last one in there no that sounds cool i think the general vibe i'm getting from this as well i think is a we do have it but there's there's this surface level perception that theatre is really competitive and people are constantly battling against each other but I think the what we want to create and what I think it, the theatre is doing and does do maybe gets less attention is friend, how friendly it is and how willing people usually are to have a chat and have a conversation with you I think not being scared to approach people and chat to people and build up new relationships and friendships is the main thing because I think there is a perception that it's just you're constantly battling for your next work and your next job but actually everyone that works in the industry for the most part is friendly and is willing to give you time if you want to approach them and speak to them. And I think that's a yeah, good thing. Especially now in terms of coming back into what is a completely different theatrical landscape. And to be fair, it's even shaping itself now. We don't even know what it's going to be like next, you know, next year when it comes back um, or even as it's coming back now. But um getting out there and knowing as many people like the, the sense of community that exists within theater is something that will hopefully drive it to be back on its feet because people will have to work with people who are new to them, who they might not have worked with before or because someone else is not around and available, you know, whatever it's it, keeping that community alive is basically one of the things that people, it's why we love theater, why people enjoy that communal experience. So hopefully that'll be the thing that will help. One of the things that will help us, get back to doing what we love doing yeah love it yeah and that's a beautiful segue into our closing couple of questions like you knew they were coming up um because we'll do our <coughs> usual closing questions that we do to everyone on the podcast each week what do you think we can expect to happen in theater in the next 12 months uh if i was going to be completely honest i have no idea um <laughs> i don't I don't, think we, I don't think we do um um but that's the exciting and scary part of it um but um i definitely think as we've mentioned um quite a bit um things being online um a lot of online content 
um things like although i dare to bring it up things like tiktok and stuff like that although i personally it's not for me it's becoming a it's becoming a, a some form of um theater um in some sense and i think um uh a lot as i said a lot of things online um it can be very budgeted um which um which i think a lot of amdram obviously not at the moment but is where is also going to blossom um because suddenly everything's going to be budgeted um even some west end shows aren't going to be as grand as um they were gonna uh, you know as they originally were and some are going to have refurbs and beers as amazing as as beforehand um i think there's gonna be a lot more outside shows um which would be very exciting i know there's a few in kent um i can think of one in particular that's happening in the next week or two um and it's yeah it's gonna be um it's gonna be like a refresh button really as if someone has just completely just um paused it all and then turned it all on its head um and i said gonna be very creative and very exciting um but it, you're gonna see um it become very friendly um because everyone's gonna have to work together nice cool and sam what do you think is going to happen in theater in the next 12 months time a, a lot it is to say a lot and nothing all at the same time a lot of things will be happening um very almost all of them i have no idea what they are um i mean i think like on the larger scales we'll probably be seeing quite a few revivals uh maybe which isn't necessarily the worst thing um i mean obviously they're going to be reviving jerusalem next year which was kind of already happening before anyway but it's kind of going to be those things that get people back into uh london specifically anyway or regional theaters like you, know, you can clearly see there is a hunger for it like you know when when the barn in siren says to put their um outdoor season out there you know, it was absolutely sold out like they need to put more shows on and that's amazing um but it's just about getting people that confidence back in and and proving that it is it is safe and to do so and and also like proving that there that there's the hunger for people to want to go there um because it's hard to know what people do want to be doing right now and what, and you know, people are so eager to do stuff with the, you know, the drive-in lives that they've been doing and, uh, you know, other events that keep happening up here and here and there. People do want to do things. So you just have to give them the confidence that it's going to be safe. How we do that is another discussion entirely that I do not have the, the tools to talk about. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be some big shows to get people back in being, things being like i can't possibly miss that i have to go and see it and then once that initial teething period is passed hopefully then the trickle down effect will go into fringe things i, I mean if you're writing a two-person play right now you literally they want they want you so badly uh like you know the lungs and last five years that have been on like those two-person shows that have thankfully been on recently they you've got so much attention so i think the opportunities for new writing is really there but like I said earlier, when you're trying to pick a project that really fits the landscape of the of the theatre you're making it for, right now that's very hard to know exactly what people are going to want. Um, I mean, I know that I'd like to go and have a good time. Uh, I mean, my definition of a good time is probably slightly different to like my auntie's definition of a good time <laughs> in the theatre. Um, but I think you're just as long as you can be prepared to adapt and be and be ready to make something that is not necessarily super responsive to exactly what's been happening but fits the mold of what people want um and, you know we've been talking a lot about adaptability and flexibility and i think as long as people are ready to do that hopefully the next 12 months will be a successful one because the last sort of six has, has been anything but that yeah definitely it's been yeah i think definitely that refresh button that you mentioned joe is a really interesting uh concept of yeah turning things on its head and sort of rebooting it really um cool i'm moving to the final question again that we ask everyone on each podcast each week and we'll go with sam for this one first uh, what is one piece of advice you would give to new career theater professionals some piece of wisdom that you have when you do every theater show something that you a snippet that you hang on to or just a general rule that you like to have I think something that I have learned is not necessarily something that I've always done, but it's something that I've learned as I've been going through is actually um, I used to put um, a lot of emphasis on reading plays and seeing plays and talking about theatre and reading about theatre, theatre specifically being my art form that I wanted to go into. But my kind of advice actually that I've kind of found more and more as I've been getting a little more further down the line 
is uh, is actually i think you you develop and you learn as a creative just as much if not more by doing other things outside of theater whether that be going and you know artwork or just watching tv and films and cultural reference points reading books like going and doing stuff in the in the real world like it all makes you a better creative because you have more of knowledge and, and, and expansive stuff that you can add into the work you're making because realistically the work you make is is responsive um everything that's been made is responsive to, to to some sorts of things and the more you experience stuff the more responsive you will be as a creative so i think my advice is to go and explore other stuff find out things that you enjoy more because the world is not just made up of theater as a creative art form there are loads of other it's multifaceted so go and explore those facets because it will be very much beneficial for you as a creative that's great. And Joe, what one piece of advice would you give to new theatre professionals? Um, push for as much feedback as you can. Um, I personally love feedback. I'm thriving off it. Um, I'd much rather have someone criticise me and tell me how I could be better than someone praise me. So um, do as much as you can. Um, and in terms of um, don't be afraid to put stuff out on social media or um, things. You do monologues, you singing or whatever your craft is. Um, doing that in order to get feedback, push for people to tell you how bad you are or tell you how good you are um, and keep looking for that because I think that's how you improve. Um, and that's how you also get contacts from people who um, are interested in what you do. And it also proves that you learn uh, and proves that you're willing to listen, um, which creative teams are always looking for, people who are gonna, who are gonna improve and progress. Um, so yeah. Cool. No, that is great. I think that's two really good, valuable pieces. And yeah, new, I don't think we've heard them before, new pieces of advice. Um, so yeah, thank you guys. Thank you very much for joining us on this week's episode of the podcast. Good luck, Joe, with everything going on with Daily Apple. I think it'd be really interesting for listeners to see how that develops and how that progresses as we get further down the chain. You guys can start getting back into a room with each other and seeing how you all work together. And then Sam, good luck with all the projects that you've got, hopefully restarting and beginning again soon as hopefully theatre begins to reopen its doors. Um, but fingers yeah, crossed. Fingers crossed. That's what we all Thank hope you very for. much, Toby. It's been great. Thank it's you. Been such a lovely chat as well to you, Joe. It's been lovely. Yes, no worries. Nice. Both of you. Thanks very much. Cool. That was episode five of the Beginners Call Theatre podcast. That is indeed episode five of the Beginners Call Theatre podcast. Thank you all for listening. I hope you found it enjoyable again this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. Please do follow and react on social media, on our Twitter, Instagram, and our Facebook page. And remember to keep safe, keep looking out for each other, and as always, keep being creative. Thank you.